the first full-length play I ever did was a play for the, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I remember the first time a paying audience who you don't know, they're not your mates, they're not your mums, come and uh, pay for a ticket and sit in an audience and you close the door and the lights go down. And just that realisation as I sat at the back of the theatre going, my God, I've trapped these people in this room and I can literally tell them anything, talk about anything, take them on whatever emotional journey I want to, make them laugh, make them cry. And I think the first time I saw people leaning forward at a moment during my play, and it wasn't an amazing play, it was my first shot, but the first time I saw it striking some chord, I thought then, this is absolutely what I have to do, this is the most creatively fulfilling job I can imagine. I love the process of it, first of all. I love sitting down and um, inventing stories and imagining what if this happens, what if this happens, cause and effect and all that. I think that's really exciting. It's like playing God, you get to invent people and then play around with their lives. It's just really fun and also a great opportunity for you to explore what's going on in your life or what issues or themes or emotions you're dealing with at the time. It's a great little arena to explore though. It's like on one level why people write a diary is just to get those thoughts out and I get to do that dramatically by creating a scenario. Um, but I think mainly the reason I love it is because I get to share it, I get to pass it on. And with theatre, it's live, so you get to be there when the audience receive it. It's not like writing a book where it's just uh, someone experiencing that privately away from you. I get to sit in the audience and share it together and then learn from that, learn what works, learn, learn what doesn't work. But the, just the, I just can't think of another medium or another job where you would literally get to tell stories to people and then be around you while that, that happens. It's great. Well, this house uh, is a play about the last time we had a hung parliament in Britain, which was 1974. Uh, and it sort of focuses on the Labour and the Tory Whips office. And the Whips are the people who are in parliament. They're all MPs and they're like a team of people who have to try and get their members of parliament into the house to vote. I wanted to write this house now because I was just really curious about in this country, which we're so used to having really strong governments like Tony Blair and Margaret Thatcher, people who had um, a large majority in the House of Commons. I wanted to, I was just curious looking at all the, the, um, the like family drama that goes on between the Lib Dems and the Tories in this modern government. I'm really pleased that this house seems to have resonated with uh, audiences. Initially, when I first came up with the idea, it's sort of about um, a group of not very famous people trying to pass legislation through Parliament, which doesn't sound that exciting on the surface. But I just really wanted to make the process of how you pass laws in Parliament interesting. So not just the stuff about policies, not just all the big uh, stuff in the 70s things, which I don't even know that much about, things about the IMF crisis, oil crisis, foreign policy, domestic policy. Um, I just I just wanted to write about what it was like to live and work in Parliament, which I think people can relate to. We all have, a lot of us have jobs, a lot of, a lot of us know what it's like to be in a really intense, pressured environment where you want something. So um, I think hopefully that's why it resonates. I, I think it's because it's about the human beings at the heart of it. It's a cliche, but I think all plays are political. Uh, I don't think you have to set them in the White House or Westminster or have politicians in your place for it to be political. I think if it's in the living room of a house with a family there, then it's going to be political. You're from a certain economic group, you're from a certain part of the country, there will be issues to do with uh, state status, power, hierarchy, um, you know, social justice, people want things from other people, I think it's just going to be political. But I think a lot of people feel like if you're doing a political play, it has to be quite uh, angry and quite cynical 
I think I think there's a default where we think political theatre has to be negative and go everything's crap, everyone in power is rubbish, and I'm really cross. That might be the case, and often that's true. But as in with this house, I really tried to just not do the normal thing and just go, they're all crap, the system's rubbish, why do we bother? I tried to see the positives in it. I tried to um, find ways uh, to suggest how things might get better. And I think that's the best kind of theatre for me, where you leave not just thinking everything's rubbish, but you leave uh, believing that there is a chance that people can be good and that the system could work if we fought to make it work. I think it's very easy for young writers to just think they don't have the right to um, tackle big plays, big themes, big political issues, because that's, in our head, that's for people, old people who are older or with more experience. And obviously also a lot of people go, how can you write a play about an event when you weren't even born? I was like minus 36 when the Suez Canal crisis happened. Um, but I just think it's crap, really. I think it is crap. I think Shakespeare did it. Shakespeare wrote about stuff that happened centuries before. And it didn't matter because what you're actually talking about is what I'm actually talking about when I wrote Eden's Empire about the Suez Canal crisis is ambition and greed and jealousy and insecurity. And I know all about those things, so I can talk about that. And then, you know, you can research what clock would be on the wall or what suits we would wear. Um, and I'm being a bit flippant, but I think essentially that stuff is less important than the human stuff and the drama. And I absolutely have a right to explore that through my own voice. And also, this is, our, this is my history as well. I, I live in this country, and as young writers and young audience members, we have a right to claim ownership over these events, even though we might think the generation above us controls them. They don't, and I want to talk about Suez. I want to talk about uh, past prime ministers, because it, it matters to me, and it affects me as well. I, I a little bit hate the phrase, you have to write what you know, even though I know it comes from, and to an extent it's true, you have to know about life, you have to know about people, and have a certain emotional intelligence to understand how characters should interact or react to things. So you have to know about people and life. But in terms of having to know about um, science or maths or politics, I think you can learn that stuff. I genuinely think you can do. And that's part of the brilliance of being a playwright for me. I get to research, I get to interview people. For me personally, I would not just sit down at your computer and start writing and see where it goes, because I think what you might end up with is really great zingy zappy dialogue, but no story or no development, no turning points, no changes, no intrigue, no irony. And you look at it going, why isn't this an interesting play? So I think at least give yourself time to work on a story, and that doesn't mean doing lots of planning on paper, just sitting there in, you know, in your bed, in the bath, on the tube, wherever, and just working out possibilities for stories and a rough shape for your play. And then once you have those boundaries, then you probably find it easier to write within it. And just be really kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up or don't get to the end of your first page of a first play, read it and go, oh, it's rubbish and storm off. I think allow yourself the allow yourself the right to be really, really crap for the first draft and know that all first drafts aren't brilliant. And my, the first draft of any play I write is embarrassing. All the, all the jokes are really bad, all the themes are really explicit and on the surface and not handled in any way with sophisticatedly, sophisticatedly. Um, all, the, all the imagery is quite obvious, all the 
dialogue is quite clunky. My first drafts, I wouldn't really show many people because they're just not brilliant. But I trust that with work and with effort, they'll get slowly better. So I allow myself to not be perfect in the first draft. So for me, the best advice I can give is when you're writing that first draft of a play is do what I do. And I literally imagine myself just putting a helmet on and charging through it and not sticking around too long to criticize yourself. Just get to the end, have fun doing it, be really brave and adventurous, and then be really proud when you get to the end and hold it up and print it off and steer it and going, I've written a play and that's really amazing. And virtually no one on planet Earth does it, but you've managed to get to the end of a draft and now you can just calm and slowly start working at it and making it the thing you want it to be.